the night I watched this movie, I was like super Tom Hanks fan. <laughs> and remember Jimmy Fallon's monologue a few years back where he was like, regular Hanks. Oh, the yes! Code Hanks. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for regular Hanks, Da Vinci Code Hanks. Check it out. Regular Hanks, Da Vinci Code Hanks. Regular Hanks, Da Vinci Code Hanks. Regular, regular, Da Vinci, Da Vinci. Regular Da Vinci, Da Vinci, Da Vinci. Astronaut Hanks, Castaway Hanks. Coach Hanks, Forrest Hanks. Hanks. There you go. Now showing the All My Movies podcast. Please silence your cell phones and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. I'm Erin. And I'm Mary. And this is the All My Movies podcast. The only, I'm sure, only ever in the world podcast to pick an actor and go through all of their movies one by one, watching them, reviewing them, giving all of our insights that I'm sure people are just dying to know what we think <laughs> and have a few laughs along the way. So, yeah. and this go around, we're doing all of Sandra Bullock's movies and you're tuning into episode 16. And this one we're doing the recently released, well, recently five years ago, uh, extremely loud and incredibly close. It's true. That is the movie we're watching. <laughs> so watching this movie had me watching two very different tom hanks movies about airplanes in new york (laughs) Uh, i'd gone to see sully like maybe a a week before yeah i went with my aunt and my cousin and it's really good like it it totally makes you feel like you're in an airplane Mm. and like that's at the end you're like i'm never doing i'm not doing that for a while because like yeah, you told. I totally felt like I was on there. Like I grabbed my oh. armrest and I was like, oh, "We're taking off now." Don't don't tell me because I'm going on a plane in a week. Oh no, we haven't seen the movie, have you? No. Then you're safe. I saw this movie. Well, yeah, but it's kind of interesting because in Sully, uh, which is very good, highly recommend. They talk about 9/11 in a way. It's like sure. Well, New Yorkers need an airplane story with a good ending. And it was yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. 2009 was the Miracle on the Hudson. Miracle on the Hudson. No, I haven't seen it yet, but I wanted to go, but... Maybe wait until you're grounded for a while. Right, until I'm not flying anywhere. Yeah. Okay. I don't have any plane trips coming up, so I felt okay. Smart, smart. So this movie is about 9-11. <laughs> yeah, obviously we really want to talk about it. We're not avoiding the subject at all. <laughs> We've had this discussion a lot. I just don't like emotion having them. And, uh, like, I don't think I put it... I almost put in my Twitter somewhere, like, try not to cry. <laughs> like, right, you try. Like, tell I me know, if you succeed. I'm just Did you sympath- succeed in not crying? Yeah, I got a little misty, like, when Sandra was talking to Tom on the phone. Oh. That was the only part that I was like, oh, God. No, boy. Yeah. Because you just... Ugh, because that was real, you know what I mean? And well, it wasn't real, but you know what I mean? Like, that was probably what happened, and I just... Mm-hmm. I forget when I was crying, but I was, like... I was crying at one point. Yeah. It's really good, though. Like, God. 
I'm, it, it was good. I I'm kind of upset with myself that I haven't watched it sooner. But granted, it was yeah. gonna be hard. Like I knew it was hard to. Watch. It was gonna be hard to watch. Every time, <laughs> like every that. time we say hard to watch, all I can think of is the Tracy Jordan. Thirty Rock. Yes. <laughs> it was a little hard to watch, but it was good. I liked it more than what I thought it was, I was gonna like it. I had totally planned to just put it on in the background and like crochet or something mm-hmm. else, so I wouldn't really have to give it my full attention. So I wouldn't have to have emotions. Yes, I'm totally emotionally healthy, I'm sure. There's nothing wrong with me. (laughs) Nothing wrong at all. (laughs) But anyway, so why don't we just play the trailer, and you guys can have a listen. Listen to me. I'm going to be home in about 20 minutes. No, you listen to me. We broke a window to let in some air. Now, I'm going to be okay. Where are you? Uh, I'm on the 106th floor. An American Airlines plane was hijacked. Thomas, you listen to me, and you come home. I'm, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to try to call you again in a few minutes. Please just stay talking to me. Okay, so now it's time for our Twitter summary, where Mary tries to sum up this two-hour movie in 140 characters or less. All right, here we go. Sandy and Tom Hanks' son goes on a quest to keep the memory of his dad alive after the worst day, September 11, 2001. I kept it very simple. <laughs> you that was good. I mean, that's essentially what the movie is. Um, and I really wasn't sure what to. I had never seen it before, and so I wasn't really sure what to expect if they were gonna go into detail about like what happened that day. But I mean, most of the movie takes place a year later, mm-hmm. and then they do flashbacks to the day because there's some stuff with Tom Hanks trying to call Sandra and the son, and a yeah. little bit of their relationship and stuff like that. On the whole, it was good. It was sad. Parts were very sad, um, but it wasn't as sad as I guess I thought it was going to be. It, it could have been a lot sadder. Is that fair? Right. Would you agree with that? I think I would agree with that. They didn't concentrate on, like, all of New York. They just yeah. concentrated on the, like, the mom and son and the mm-hmm. dad who died and, like, his mother. Right. Like, and it was very centered on them, and it didn't so much show, like, I don't, I don't remember how many people died that day like it didn't go into like the thousands or millions that passed away so that in that way it kind of kept it in scale see that's a hard thing if you you just wanted this to be a september 11th movie but it's not you know what i mean like that's what there was like a nick cage movie that that was what that movie was about and this movie was Mm -hmm. about something else essentially this was just about a son trying to reconnect with his dad who had passed away and it just happened to be on september 11th yeah and it really just only focuses on his and you, I mean you saw Sandra's pain with it too but really mm-hmm. just focuses on the son because the son has some issues and he talks about he was tested for Asperger's yeah but the tests were not conclusive <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so he's got some issues and his dad Tom Hanks was the only one who could really connect with him like him and his mom were fine but it was his dad that really could communicate with him and get through to him and so they just had this really special relationship yeah as opposed to going into how what happened that day affected us as a nation or as a country as a people Mm -hmm. how often have you heard like oh this is a post 9-11 world stuff like that and that really didn't talk about that slightly at one point the boy he said something about you know i always had anxieties and fears about stuff but since he always called it the worst day but since Mm -hmm. the worst day now i'm afraid of planes and noises and people running and kids and old people and people looking up scared him Mm -hmm. which you think like yeah that totally would you know because that day that's all it was was people looking up or running or you know sirens and stuff like that and you know us here in the 
good old Midwest, mm-hmm. I don't think that's an experience we can ever truly relate to as people in New York and D.C. and stuff who lived through that day went through. Right. So do you remember where you were on 9-11? Yes. Yes, I do. I was in the eighth grade mm-hmm. and I, re- I remember exactly what I was wearing. I was wearing jeans and I had a long sleeve state volleyball t-shirt on and I remember like tying my shoes in the living room, like getting ready to go to school and then Good Morning America was on and I remember it was Charlie Gibson was the host of the show then. Mm-hmm. I just remember him like saying that a plane had flew into the, it, the only the first tower had been struck then. Uh, a plane had hit the World Trade Center tower and I just remember like I was just praying like please let it just be an accident like please let it be an accident you know what I mean like mm-hmm. that's just I was like don't let it be an attack I guess is what my thought was I was like it's just an accident like that's how I like calmed myself down I was like I'm, it was just an accident something happened to the pilot because really no one knew what was happening at the time and right. so I don't remember if it was really like if the tv was speculating or what was happening because today we're so quick whenever anything happens they're like is it terrorism is it terrorism mm-hmm. and I just don't remember that then but again, you know, you're younger, so you're not really, wa- how are you really watching the news and things like that? So yeah. I remember that. And then I remember they took, we went to school. We went to a little country school. It was only one room. And nowadays, like there's TVs in every classroom and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I just remember sitting there and then obviously we didn't have that then. And then I remember one kid, Frankie, his mom called in and then told us that the other tower had hit and that the Pentagon was under attack and all this stuff. And I just remember, like, you just don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just think that, oh my God, like a plane is just going to come and hit our tiny little school or and obviously in South Dakota we, you think that we're just so whatever square state in the middle but we do have a big air force base we don't have Ellsworth Air Force Base we have Mount Rushmore we do have yeah. like national iconic symbols you know and I think that just having that kind of in the back of your mind just like what you just didn't know you didn't know what was going to happen people started coming and getting their kids and then we just went home I think Hmm. I don't remember anything else that day. Like, I really don't. I remember praying that night, and then I don't remember anything the next day at school, Or, but that's just what I remember. What about you? I remember I was told – I didn't find out about till school. I was the kind of person who kind of rolled out of bed, took a shower, went to school, so I didn't have time to sit down and watch Good Morning America like some people. <laughs> so I found out, like, between classes, like, one of my friends told me, like, the plane hit the World Trade Center. And, like, I'd never been to New York. I didn't know much yeah. about it besides Broadway, you know? Sure. Like, in musicals. So mm-hmm. I didn't really know what it was. And I think, like, my teacher's – Probably outside of, like, one teacher, I think everything went on as normal. Like, I think in one classroom they were watching the coverage, but I wasn't in that classroom that day. So I remember going home, like, that's all I did for, like, the next week, I think, or the next few days. Like, school was kind of normal, go through school, and then Mm -hmm. I would just come home and watch TV and, like, see all the images, like, over and over. And then um, I'm pretty sure my choir teacher... She was kind of like, you know, let's do something. Let's kind of harness all of this sadness. Mm-hmm. Since we're in South Dakota, it's like, how do you help? And I think mm-hmm. we ended up like, yeah. we, we made some kind of bracelets. And they were like a buck a piece or something. And we <laughs> sold them at basketball or volleyball games. And we sold these bracelets and like donated the money to firefighters or like something like that. That's what I remember. Yeah. So that was, I mean, it's 2016. So that was 15 years ago. Yeah. And then like, you know, you were talking about how like we have monuments and the Air Force Base in South Mm -hmm. Dakota. I had one teacher. He kind of scared some people. I don't know if it was the same year or if it was just later on. But he was like, what if people came and like bombed all of the dams on the Missouri River? Like, what would you do? Because like that would wipe out so many people. Because like, I think he's starting up in Bismarck, North Dakota. And then there's like Mm -hmm. four or five on the way down to us. And there was a dam near us. 
Mm-hmm. So I know. And that's the thing. Like, there's such a fine line of being aware of stuff like that and being like knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. And then you just get so scared that you can't do anything. You know, like the kid, like he couldn't swing in the swing. He's like, well, that's yeah. dangerous. I'm not going to swing. There's something about caution and like the yeah. fine line between caution and living in fear all the time. Yeah. So for sure. Oh, just don't look in my closet. I have a lot of toilet paper in there. It's fine. <laughs> Who you were talking? Oh my gosh! So the Walking Dead. Yeah. This podcast is gonna get real, real in about two weeks when the Walking Dead starts back up. Okay. Anyways, and so we were talking about it. Um. Well, I had talked to this one girl at work about it about how like, oh, at my old job, like we would get done with our work early, and then we would just sit around and talk about the Walking Dead and talking about like how you would survive. Like, what would you do? Where would you go? What would your plan be? Yeah. And so I've got all these thoughts in my mind Mm -hmm. moat gotta build a moat guys okay that's like number one moat fences okay ammo whatever okay anyways so i'd be telling her this and then um the other day we had like a little potluck thing and so i went downstairs and there's a few people standing there and the one guy was like i hear you got a survival plan and i was like what (laughs) i had no idea what he was talking about he's like yeah for the zombie apocalypse (laughs) and i was like yeah i got a survival plan (laughs) so they were just they just like died laughing that's great so so then when i was explaining to them about this and that Mm -hmm. i was like why do you think i got a job at a hospital so i could find a doctor to go with me back to my like bunker or whatever when the when the apocalypse happened of course because you need a doctor right You you need to bring people that have certain skills yep i can farm i can plant and grow things Mm -hmm. you know and i mean i'm a tough worker yep but I need I don't I don't have any real medical skills, mm-hmm. so I need someone to like be able to stitch people up and, and things like that. Yeah. Okay, so Anyways. that's where we were on nine eleven. <laughs> Not the zombie apocalypse. We weren't there. Let's take a look at the box office for Let's this. Let's take a look. So uh, it had two release dates. Um, I read something that they wanted to get it out like uh, around the ten year anniversary. They it debuted first at December twenty fifth, Christmas Day, twenty eleven. Um, and then it was a wide release on January 20th, 2012. So domestic, uh, it made $31 million. I forgot to look up the budget. I was just saying that. And I was like, dang it, I don't have the budget for you to get. Ah, the budget. Okay. Well, it has Tom, Tom Hanks in it. Oh, man. I love Tom He's Hanks. He's so good. Alex and I, when we would be driving places... We would play yeah. the game of, like, naming movies. Like, so, like, you have an A movie, and then I would have a B movie, and then you would do a movie with a C. Yeah. And then um, you got a point for each one you got right. And then if you named one, uh, if your movie was a Tom Hanks movie, then you got double points. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Aaron is searching. My budget guess is $35 million. $40 million. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. What the heck? Man. World? Isn't that funny? All right, whatever. When it debuted at the original recently, it was like so low on the thing because it was not in very many theaters. So right. the second uh, release date, it was number four. Okay. Want to take a, any sort of guess of what was number one? You probably won't ever get it. The hint? Hobbit? Do you want a hint? No. Okay. Want a hint? Yeah, I want a hint. Vampires. Oh my goodness. But not Twi- those vampires. Not Twilight? Like, no. Underworld? Yeah! So Underworld Awakening was number one. Red Tails, which was, I think, a World War II plane movie. I haven't seen. And then Contraband, which was a Marky Mark movie, was number three. I have not seen any of those. 
I haven't either. Man. Interesting. Yeah. Mm, well, you know. So in the terms of Sandy's career, mm-hmm. this is kind of towards the time where she's been taking, you know, it's recent 2011, 2012. So she's been taking more breaks um, this time. So the last movie she did before this was the one she won her Oscar for. So in 2009, she did The Blind Side. Hmm. Uh, and then after this, then she did 2013's The Heat and Gravity, all movies we've done. So wow. In Tom Hanks's career, might as well just go for Oh, yes, Tom please. Hanks. He's been in so many things. This is after Forrest Gump. After Forrest That is correct. So in 2010, he did Toy Story 3. Ooh, I always forget that he's in that, but he's so great in it. Okay, continue. So good. Yeah. Uh, and then in 2011, also along with this movie, he was in Larry Crown, which I think was also had Julie Roberts. Yeah, I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen it. And then I also looked up the little boy who I know he was supposed to be annoying, but he was so annoying. Um, his name is Thomas Horn. I don't think he's really been in anything else. But he won Kids Jeopardy. But like oh. before he was an actor, like he was a Smarty McSmartpants. So this movie was actually nominated for a couple of awards. Ooh. It was nominated, um, and when we talk nominated, we Academy Awards. That's the only thing that really matters. Yeah. It was nominated for Best Picture, Kay. which it did not win. And then Best Supporting Actor was Max Van Sydow. Viola Davis is in this, though. A small role. She plays an integral part. Yeah, totally. So Oscar, like we mentioned before, has, like, he was tested for Asperger's, but, you know, it was, the test was inconclusive. So I think his <laughs> parents kind of tried to help him out and tried to help him meet people and interact with people. So, like, one of the ways they would do this is Tom Hanks' his dad would set up kind of treasure hunts in a way or just hunts in general. Yeah. So, like, he made up business cards that Oscar could, like, show. He said he was, like, an amateur... Almost everything. It was great. So he was an amateur Francophile is the one I remember the most. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that was kind of their relationship. And Tanks had been telling him this story about the Lost Borough. And I don't know New York that well. So I was like, what is this? But apparently there are five boroughs or neighborhoods. <laughs> I know. And the sixth one was where Central Park is now, but it was lost. And Tom Hanks would like be like, here's a clue. Like, you found something. That's great. It was really fun treasure hunt yeah it was just kind of a way to for them to connect and for him to go on this like exciting mystery even though it was made up you know and just yeah. something for him to like hold on to or do and it did help him with social skills because he would he would talk to people like he would talk to some homeless people and like try to find these clues so that was yeah. really cool oh and he was good at with maps very detailed so like it's very smart he had a lot of that mm-hmm. learning those skills as well mm-hmm. and then the worst day happens yeah, so he refers to September, September 11th as the worst day. And we kind of see, you know, we kind of see his life before it. And we see what happened on that day kind of in flashbacks and, like, jumping back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so um, basically what we the, – the crux of it is is that they were let out of school early when things were happening. Sandra was at work. And then Tom had a meeting in the World Trade Center. And so, um, you know, throughout the movie we just see – oscar kind of walking back from school and he gets home and there's messages on the machine and they're from his dad Mm -hmm. you know calling and basically you know the first one you know was at eight whatever and it's his dad saying hey something happened i don't know what's going on you know they're telling us to stay put uh people need to use the van i'll call you later and so then the rest he left six messages and so the rest of the messages were just kind of a reiteration of that of are you there are you there pick up you know 
um, mm-hmm. things like that. You know, I love you. I love you. And, and we even see like Tom makes a call to Sandra. And this is the part that I was kind of getting teary just because Sandra is so good. And I'm a sympathetic crier. Yeah. But she's in the office and she's like, you know, they've got CNN on and she's like, I'm going home. You get home right now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm, I'm in the building. Like I'm there. And you know, cause he doesn't, he wasn't usually there. He's had a meeting there. And- he says what floor he's on. And she's like, you find the stairs, yeah. you get down there. Yeah. And then you can hear, like, people in the background, yeah. like, trying to use the phone, too, trying to call their loved ones. Mm-hmm. And, and then, um, you know, we see later, like, Sandra coming home and trying to call, and just everything is blocked. Like, yep. she, I think she just dialed 911, and nothing can go through, and she tries his phone, and nothing works, and because mm-hmm. it's just so crowded yep. that day. I can't imagine what that would have been like, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, we were just so on the periphery of that. I remember hearing that in the news reports, that, like, you couldn't call. Yeah. It just makes you so appreciative that that is in our world and then like looking you know at what's going on now in like Syria and and in different places or even in poor poor France that like every other day I feel like something's going on there bombings and whatnot like I just can't imagine how scary that would be so then and throughout the rest of the movie we kind of see bits and pieces of what what else happened that day but didn't hear so much about the sixth message so he tells someone that when he got there there was only five messages and then while he was home the phone rang Mm -hmm. and he knew it was his dad and he couldn't pick it up he was just like I was too scared I was too scared I couldn't answer the phone he just memorized it and he's like he just said kept saying where are you are you there or are you there Mm -hmm. are you there and he was like he wasn't saying it was someone there he was saying are you there he knew it was you know he knew I was there yeah he knew I was too scared to pick up the phone and then you just see like the phone cut and then you look over at the tv and then it's like the sec the building's falling which is just so traumatic and then we see that he that day like he goes down and he buys another answering machine and he replaces it yeah. and unplugs the re- the messages that his dad left and takes it Mm -hmm. and he was like I didn't want anyone else to have to hear what I had to hear that day and so I think a lot of the movie was him wrestling with that of wrestling with like a that guilt and b the weight of that of hearing like your dad's last words Mm -hmm. and feeling that you couldn't do anything and you didn't do anything to talk to him you know so it's just blur emotions (laughs) the main part of the movie is him trying to find this secret treasure secret message or something that he feels like his dad left for him yep okay so i think it's about a year later he like climbs up in his cupboard and he has a kind of a shrine to his dad with the answering machine hidden up there Mm -hmm. but he goes to his dad's closet he like finally Mm -hmm. goes in there it's been a year and he's like reaching for i think it's a camera Mm -hmm. and this vase falls to the ground and shatters but inside it was one of those like tiny manila envelopes Mm -hmm. and it said black on it and inside was a key Oscar is like this this is it this is the message from my dad so mm-hmm. the rest of the movie is this mission to find the mm-hmm. owner of this key so he goes to a yeah. locksmith and he's like it could be anything like maybe mm-hmm. it's a safe deposit box who knows what it is so Oscar's idea is like I'm gonna get a phone book look up all of the blacks <laughs> in New York City mm-hmm. and go talk to them yeah. and he does yeah it's really impressive he makes a whole chart and system yeah. of how he's going to meet all these people and talk to these people and he zones out the city and he he walks because yeah. as we said before he's afraid of the subway oh my goodness his pack is hilarious because i forget all the things he has in it but like his main thing like to keep him calm is a tambourine so whenever he so moves annoying. he's rattling like he shakes his tambourine yeah he had like snacks and an israeli gas mask yeah he puts on and when he go and finally goes into the subway Ugh. but 
So he figures it out that it's going to take him, like, three years to interview whatever these 472 people that are last Yeah, because he only has Saturdays and Saturdays without, <laughs> like, was he in Taekwondo and in a Hamlet production or something like that? So, like, he had, oh, he forget, knew all these yeah. things. So he starts doing it. And in the meantime, he kind of discovers a little friend who we realize is Tom Hanks' dad. And yeah. Tom Hanks has never really had a relationship with his dad or even knew who he was. Mm-hmm. He started living with the grandma who lives across the street, which is kind of the cutest thing ever. The grandma and the grandson have like these walkie talkies yeah. at whatever time the grandson just like grandma are you awake over and the grandma wakes right up mm. and it's like yes mm-hmm. i'm here oscar i'm here or whatever it's so cute anyway so the renter is what he's called yep has been living with grandma and one day oscar goes over there and the renter doesn't speak he just writes on pieces of paper yeah and we never really find out why or what but Mm-mm. he was like in germany during the bombings we just never really know a whole lot about him so oscar kind of unloads a lot on him one night and kind of tells him that he might do something bad to himself because he's been like pinching himself just, yeah you know, a way to deal with his anger and um, frustrations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The renter just asks if he can come with him and help him in his search. So they kind of go together and he kind of helps him come out of his fear of a few things and gets him to cross a bridge and gets him to ride the subway and different things like that. Yeah. So on their journey, they meet Viola Davis and doesn't really have any information for him, but her like husband is moving out and Viola Davis is the first one First black that yeah. Oscar visits. It sets the tone for, like, all of his visits. Like, mm-hmm. it always takes, yeah. like, a little longer than Oscar would want it to. Because <laughs> something's happening. or And they always feel sorry for him. And they, like, try to give him yeah. a hug, talk to him. And he likes to take their picture because you find out later he's documenting yeah. it. They do kind of concentrate on the first one and, like, a few other sure. highlights. Like, I really like the mm-hmm. family that had the horse farm. <laughs> and then they got to yeah. ride horses. Yeah, that, that was, was good. Anyway, so they're going on this adventure. And then the renter can't take it anymore. Like, he's just seeing. Oscar gets so frustrated and they're in this yeah. one room and there was like all these safe deposit box and the kid just freaks mm-hmm. out he asked the renter do you think this key unlocks something and he's he's like yes and he's like do you think we'll ever find it and he says no and so he's like maybe we should just stop looking so you kind of mm-hmm. get the sense that maybe they would give up but then Oscar then plays the renter the six messages and the the guy's like I can't handle this anymore and so he leaves yep. and moves out and stuff like that um so Oscar's not in the best place. And so, like, he's going back through and looking at these clues that his dad had left on this one piece of paper. Like, he had he had circled, like, nonstop looking. And on the back of the paper, which was also circled, was this number. And so he calls this number, and it's Viola Davis's yeah. number. And it turned out her husband had had an estate sale for his dad. Mm-hmm. And that what happened was the key to the safe deposit box that it was his dad's was in this blue vase that Tom Hanks had bought for his wife. For Sandy. And so then Oscar kind of tells everything to this man, Viola Davis's ex-husband. Yeah. That's when he tells him what happened in the sixth message and then he couldn't answer it and things like that. But he gives them his the key and he's like, it's okay. Like, it's not, it's for you. It's not for me. It's from your dad, not my dad. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. And he seems kind of okay with it. And even the guy was like, oh, come with me to the bank. Like, you've yeah. brought it this far. Like, well, and he's like, no, it's okay. And then he just kind of freaks out and runs away from Viola. Davis Mm -hmm. and then just like destroys everything in his room that he had been working on all of his charts and all of his graphs and things like that but then Sandy comes in 
Mm-hmm. And we learned some stuff. Yeah. So Sandy, I think the doorman had alerted her that Oscar was sneaking out or like figured out where he goes on Saturdays. And she basically goes on the same journey uh, the week before or like during the week before. So she contacts mm-hmm. all the people, goes and visits them. And there's this amazing sequence where they talk about like each one of the blacks it's like, oh, did you get a picture at mm-hmm. this house? Because there were, like, little toddlers there drawing pictures and giving them out. And then yeah. the person who was, like, mean and shut the door. But anyway, she would just yeah. explain, like, hi, my son is going to be coming to visit. He has this key if you could let him test it. Like, his dad died on 9-11. Mm-hmm. And then there was the one guy who just gave so many yeah. hugs. <laughs> we just kept hugging. Yeah. yeah. So it was, like, actually really sweet. But, like, prior to this, there have been some scenes between them where Sandy's just, like, so sad. Yeah. Basically. Basically, during this time, it's like Oscar wants nothing to do with his mother. Mm-hmm. He does that terrible thing that children can sometimes do and say, like, I wish it had been you in that building. Yeah. Oh, God. That part was sad. Uh, I think that's when I lost it. And Sandy was like, I wish it was too. Yeah. Like, I, wish, I wish it would have been me. Mm-hmm. And then the kid's like, I'm sorry. That wasn't nice. And he's like, I know, but you meant it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, they have a little tumultuous relationship. Yeah. And then at the end, there's this really cute scene where Oscar's like, I didn't know you could do this. And Sandy was like, I didn't know I could either. Like referring to the adventure and the mapping and Mm -hmm. all that. Yeah. He's like, I thought dad was the only one who could think like me Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So so then Oscar goes and he writes a letter to all the people that he visited kind of saying thank you. Yeah. And, you know, some of you were nice and some of you were not. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, thank you for the pictures and and just different things like that. Yeah, and the horse ride. (laughs) The horse ride. And, you know, that key wasn't the end, you know, the answer to my story. It was the answer to somebody else's. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. And it was just really sweet. So then he goes and he goes and gets on the swing that his dad, like, tried to get him to swing on. Yeah. You know, but he wouldn't do it. And so he goes and flips the swing over. And there's a little note from his dad Mm -hmm. just saying, like, congratulations, you found the sixth borough. I'm so proud of you and things like that. And then he gets on the swing and he swings. And that's the end. I was kind of waiting for, you know, like something else. You know, I don't know, something more poignant about 9-11 or just like words on the screen or something like that. But yeah, just ends with him swinging. Hmm. So, Mary, was there any interesting fashion that you wanted to mention <laughs> to bring some levity? Well, Erin, I think this might be one of the few times. Oh, never mind. Margaret Tate. This is Well, this is business casual. Like, Margaret Tate was very, like, yeah. black and white, yeah. probably tailored. This was more earth tone. Uh, would you say middle class? Middle class worker? Well, she had, you know, she kind of had wavy hair. Right. She went curly so, with this one. Know, curly wavy hair. Curl to it. But we also saw her, like, in her bathrobe and yep. stuff like Yep, the that, other half so. of the time, like, if she's not at work, she's in sweats and PJs and a robe. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. her main garb. But, like, if you think about it, she's grieving widow. So. Of course. Talk to me about Oscar's fashion choices. I didn't actually write too much down, but, like, he was either in his pajamas because that kid left the house at yeah. night so often. And he had this great parka that he wore all the time, like a winter coat that he wore. But it was, like, pajamas and, like, dress shoes and, like, a stocking cap. And yeah. And he just looked like such a ragamuffin mm-hmm. with his stupid tambourine. God, he's annoying. I know. And then he was also really good at wearing – he kind of looked like uh, Prince George. You know, like with the shorts 
and the dress shoes. Didn't he do shorts yeah, and dress shoes? Later hose and yeah. I don't think he was later hose and it was just khaki shorts. I don't know. That's what I think of. Anyway, but his skinny chicken legs, like a sweater over like a collar or a collar shirt or polo. Yeah. He rocked that. He was either like dressed up kind of in like school uniform esque clothing, like either polo pants and stuff or he was in his pajamas with like robots on or him. like at the funeral like he was wearing do you think it was pajamas in a bathrobe or was that his taekwondo uniform i think he I was think in so. a taekwondo robe i hope i think that's what it was because yeah. he was in that i think my favorite that's scene true. we didn't it mention like it it's the um oxymoron fights oh yeah it was so great like tom hanks and oscar doing taekwondo in the living room and also coming up with different oxymoronic phrases it was so great. I can't think mm-hmm. of a, an example off the top of my head, but... Him and the grandpa do it, too, on the subway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Mary, um, what are you going to give this movie? I'm going to give this movie... I think I'm going to give it five tambourines. Like, I really like this movie, and I want oh, everyone okay. to watch it. Five tambourines. <gasps> jingle, jingle, jingle. What? Yeah. Wow, Mary. I know. Okay. I liked it a lot. I didn't like it as much. <laughs> But I was also going to give it tambourines. Look, I had even written it down. Oh, no. So we're both giving it tambourines. This is this, this is, is unheard of. First time ever. Guys, this is amazing. I'm just going to give it two and a half tambourines. Okay. Like, I did like it. And really, that's like the halfway middle score out of five. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I just, and I did tear up a little bit. I got a little mist in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I just needed maybe more. This is, I don't know. I don't have a good reasoning. I, two and a half because I'm just never going to watch it again. Okay. And I don't want to watch it again. Is that okay reason? I forgot one piece of fashion. Um, the renter <sighs> always wore a three-piece suit. We've moved on. No, I want to say that the renter always wore no, a three-piece that, suit. you missed your chance. Nope. 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 Whatever. Nope. 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 I'm nope. keeping it. Denied. No. <laughs> so I'm going to give it two and a half tambourines as well. I gave it five. This I think this is the biggest that we've ever differed on. Probably. So. Has anyone been keeping track? Is this the biggest we've ever differed? <laughs> hello, audience out there. Can you hear us? Hello? Hello? Can you hear us? Hello? 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 Okay. So now that you've heard from us, yeah. here are some Amazon reviews from people just like yourselves. Mm-hmm. Mary, would you please like to read the five-star review today? Yes, I would, Erin. Uh, this one is titled, Amazingly Close to Home, dot, dot, dot. By Randall Brooks on January 6, 2013. Without a doubt, this is one of the most amazing films I've seen this decade, if not ever, in all my years. I don't think I've ever seen something that deals with the loss of a parent in such an honest way. Yes, even though the bulk of the story kind of comes across like a fairy tale, the themes it deals with and how they are handled are some of the most realistic I've ever seen committed to film. This is something that made me weep unabashedly, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. Yes, this is a deeply moving film and even has some very depressing moments, but it is not an overall depressing film, and it also has some very magnificent, enlightening moments capturing the beautiful bonds of family relationships that will just take your breath away. Excellent. Okay, I've thought of some other things. Like, I wish, I'm mm-hmm. going back to justifying my review, even though I just... <laughs> wouldn't let you go back okay. to fashion review <laughs> um, <laughs> i just i just i think i wanted more t- i wanted more tom i wanted more sandra i wanted less of the kid um. which i get it that's what the movie was about the movie was about the kid or i wanted more of the kid and the grandpa like that was a great relationship mm-hmm. i think i just needed some more tom hanks because who doesn't i love tom hanks was like he had like the funny little shoulder shrug it was so yeah cute. i love tom hanks shrug. okay so this one star review 
mm-hmm. says no one would care if it wasn't based on 9-11 by Jason Barong on April 19th, 2012. The writing in this movie is atrocious. There are so many unrealistic scenes in this movie. People do not respond to strange kids at their door the way they do in this movie. The writing is lazy and the acting is lame. The kid is good and from what I gather, he does a good job emulating a boy with Asperger's. That being said, that is probably the only positive in the entire movie. Too many mindless, poorly written scenes, too many shortcuts just to try to make a point without making it realistic. Again, remove the 9-11 aspect from the film and you remove half of the positive reviews. That was pretty harsh. I didn't think it was that bad. My question is, like, no, people don't respond to strange kids at their door that way unless their mother has been there the week before. Which Sandy did the whole time. So come on, Jason, watch the whole movie. I don't know if in the post 9-11 if it was more community you know what I mean then Mm -hmm. so anyways right I'm sure it changed the environment it definitely changed dynamics yeah dynamics of and not everyone was nice like there was a couple people that turned them away they just shut the door yeah I think that that shows on the most part people are nice and good and Mm -hmm. will let you into their homes even though their husband is moving out on them yeah like Viola Davis and like their worst day yeah Right. I think that's all I have. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Mary, yeah. do you have anything else? I don't think we've done it for a while, but hey, if you want to give us a review on iTunes, we'd much appreciate it. That helps others find oh, yeah. this podcast. Share it with your friends. Tell your friends about it. Yeah. Get them interested. Let us know what you do while you're listening to us. Yeah. What do you do while you're listening to the All My Movies yeah. podcast? Do you do the dishes? Are you at work? Mm-hmm. Are you working out? Are you driving to your family reunion? Lots of things. You can email us at allmymoviespodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet us at allmymoviesshow. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, and who knows where else. I don't remember. It's been a while. <laughs> just look. You can find us. Yeah, just find us. And we're on Facebook. Uh, shout out. Thank you, Julie, for liking us on Facebook. Woohoo! Excellent. And apparently there are no final thoughts from the movie poster. Are you positive? I looked. It just says, like, it's a good movie. <laughs> so there is no tagline on this movie. So the final thoughts, instead of from straight from the movie tagline, are straight from my brain. And they are, please, someone tell me, what does the title of this movie mean? Right? I mean, they never say anything about it. He says it the at little the end, right? Sometimes... No, he sometimes says, oh, does he? He sometimes says, like, extremely, like, when he goes to Viola Davis's, he's like, I'm extremely thirsty. Yeah, like, he uses, and what he, is like, that, uses an adverb? it with other words. Yeah. But he never says extremely loud, incredibly close. Right. So, I'm just curious. Well, thoughts? Yeah. Right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. See? Thought-provoking. Mm-hmm. Who needs movie taglines? When you have that Please. title. right such a conundrum so long you couldn't fit a tagline on the poster okay bye (laughs) have a good night (laughs) all right we can stop recording they could be listening to it in the daytime it's not nighttime right i'm stopping now thank you for listening to the all my movies podcast remember to review subscribe and follow aaron and mary on twitter at all my movies show 